Well, good evening and welcome to the Pet Loss Companion inaugural live chat. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio and I am here with my dear friend and co-author Nancy Saxton Lopez. And we are very happy to be launching this broadcast, which we'll be doing once a week. And actually next week we'll be starting at six o'clock and thereafter we'll be starting at six o'clock. And the purpose of this broadcast is to take some of the knowledge and information that we have in our book, The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups, and, and give it to a broader audience and also give it to an interactive audience. So we're hoping that any questions, comments, thoughts you have, you'll put in the chat. And if you don't put them in the chat today, then you'll put them on the website, the, the Facebook page site, I should say, and we'll collect them and we'll respond to them in future broadcasts. And it's just wonderful to be here. So Nancy, why don't you introduce yourself? And it's nice to be with you, Ken. Um, we go back a long way. We've been friends for a long time. And we yes, were we do. Very, very happy to work together. We um, ran a companion animal loss support group. And and we did, well, Ken did a lot of it, but I did finished it this year at 30 years. So we have a lot of information that we've gathered over time. And we've helped a lot of people get through something that is very devastating um, to those who love their animals and have lost them. Um, so we had, we did come up with some questions since we don't have um, people bringing their questions yet. But these are questions that we got asked a lot. Um, we know it's the holidays and yeah. that complicates things. And we also know that we're living in a very different time. Um, with the pandemic and political unrest and so many things that are happening and stressing everyone out. So to put the death of a beloved companion animal on top of that is really overwhelming, you know, for people. You know, the, the way that I see it, and you're describing it so well, is that there's layers and layers of grief. If you have recently lost an animal companion, you're, you're facing that loss at a time when we've lost so much. We've lost so much of what's just normal in our lives. And it's very difficult. We're just drenched in loss. And, and of course now the holidays are here and the holidays are supposed to be a time when people are connecting and joyful. And it's, it just may not be that way for you at this moment. That's right. Um, Christmas or the holidays comes in at number 42 in all of our life stressors. So um, that's pretty remarkable since that's in the, the arena of deaths of loved ones or loss of a job or a divorce. So, um, again, we want to try to help people um, work through, learn to work through their grieving, especially around a very difficult time and with these holidays that we're trying to do something different with. We were going so to you're, you're saying, just so, just so I understand, you're saying that just the fact of the holidays being here, so the holidays around Christmas and Hanukkah and the other holidays that have to do with whatever community of faith you might be part of at the time of the solstice, number 42 in the list of overall life stressors. That's right. <clears throat> so it actually makes the list. 
And that's in the best of times. That's in the best of times. And, right. so, we're, in, and we're not in the best of times. Right, right. So first of all, we, we wanted to talk about um, how you get through this. A lot of times people will come into the group and they would say, I don't understand. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Um, now, this is a, I have to talk about the relationship. The relationship we have with our animals is very different than the relationships we have with our human people. And, you know, what that means is these, these beautiful beings are so pure and so innocent and so loving and so caring, and it's just unconditional. And it's very hard to get that unconditional love with a human being. And so when they die, it's very traumatic for a lot of people. It's, it's just very upsetting. Um, and they feel that they're never going to be the same, you know, that they're not going to get through this. Um, and um, you will. People get through it. But in the beginning, it's extremely intense. You know, there's a black hole in your soul. You can't fill it up. And you're miscombobulated, right, Ken? You or you can't think straight. You know, you have stomach aches. You may have headaches. Your behavior changes. You can't think. Your emotions. You have all of whatever your particular signature stress symptoms are. Or so for me, it might be headaches and stomach aches. For other people, it might be back aches. And all of there's a whole bunch of physical signs like you're talking about. Maybe difficulty sleeping. Maybe sleeping too much. Maybe difficulty eating or maybe eating too much. And certainly the lack of concentration, the whole big mess of feelings that are all over the place from despair to anger to just feeling confused to feeling like I'm okay. And then a whole big crashing wave of yeah. I'm not okay at all. And the thing that I think is just so crucial when we're grieving is to recognize that it's just important to be gentle with ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's important to be kind to ourselves, to, to let go of the most extraordinary expectations that we have. So, for example, if we're the person who organizes everything for the holiday, maybe we're not that person this year. Maybe we're not going to do as much decorating and maybe we're not. Maybe we're going to order food for the family instead of making it. We're, we're going we're gonna to do what we can to just put one foot in front of the other That's right. and, and take care of ourselves. By the way, if you, you might hear kind of a whining sound in the background every now and then. That's Isabel. Isabel is snoring on the couch. Isabel, one of my chihuahuas. And, and I can hear her very loudly. I don't know if you can on the broadcast, but if you do, that's what it is. It's our babies. <laughs> our babies are around. Um, so, yes, I think what Ken's saying is, is really important. You may want to delegate um, some tasks to others if you're not feeling up to it. Um, you may want to not do as much. You don't have to. I mean, it's unique in this in this year at the holidays because we're not really supposed to be going out. So um, it would be more complicated, I think, if people were going out to see family or friends because a lot of people that are grieving don't want to do that. And then you have to explain why you don't want to do that. And some, as we all know, there are people in our life that don't understand 
that human animal bond that we have with our with our loved ones. Yeah, but one um, of the things that that I think it, it is important to just talk about is what if the some of the people who don't understand are right in your household? What if it's your partner or what if it's another member of the family who just the way that they grieve is that they just are very sad for maybe a day and then they they're not really feeling much of anything extraordinary beyond that. And you are very different. You are you are absolutely preoccupied with your sadness for a lot of the time for for weeks. What do you do with that? How do you how do you deal with each other? And that and that's a real question because we had that question in the group a lot too. All the time. You know, that somebody would come and, and say, I'm I'm distraught, I don't want to do anything, I can't I can't venture out. Um and my my significant other is um you know, grieving but but not grieving like I'm grieving. And you know, it's it's really important to allow each other to grieve the way they grieve because it's all a unique and individual experience. Yeah, and it's, it, 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 it's so important to recognize that this is something that we do differently, mm-hmm. and and that that's okay. There's no right or wrong to it. It's yeah. just human differences. And if if your partner is telling you things like "snap out of it," you have every right to say to them. That's not who I am. That's that's not me. And I don't need to snap out of it. I need to I need to feel what I feel. I need to keep going forward in the way that I do. And you're not right, and I'm not wrong. Yeah, that that was what we heard a lot too. Was you know after so many times at the group, you know, I know they would come in for I don't know four or five six time, and they would turn around and say, well, you know she or he asked me why I'm going to the group again. Yeah. And so, you know, we would coach those people. Look, this is helps you. This is where you want to be. You're with people like you. You're with people who lost some, somebody very dear to you. And it's, you want to be with those people to, to kind of work through the grieving, you know, for them. Yeah. And what if, what if you are feeling like, the holiday is going to bring just like a, an overwhelming, incapacitating amount of grief. Like you can't even imagine this upcoming holiday with the way you're feeling. What are, what are some of your thoughts and what are some of the recommendations that you've shared with people about how to, how to anticipate and how to move through the holiday in a way that is as comfortable as it can be given all the anxiety that you might have? You know, I think it's an individual choice. I've had clients that in the past, not not this year, um, who actually lived alone and very connected, um, a woman who was very connected to her dog. And she she just didn't go anywhere. You know, she decided she was not going to be um, going to people's houses. She wasn't going to, you know, see friends. She just really wanted to be alone and take a walk where she would take her dog um, and be, you know, quiet and and introspective. Um, And then there are some people who wanted to be busy. They wanted to get out. They wanted to be distracted. They did not want to think about it on maybe a holiday. Um, And so they would be able to make the dinner or they would be able to go out and see their friends. 
I think it's really a matter of own personal uh, feelings and, right. and, and what they want to do. Now, that said, you could be in a family and everyone wants to go out but you. Mm-hmm. And so, but that doesn't mean you have to go out. You know, yeah, rest- I mean, that, again, this whole idea of, of gentleness toward yeah. oneself and toward others and realizing that this is going to be a different holiday, that this will be different. If you have recently lost a dear friend, this is going to be something that's in your heart and preoccupying you. And that is simply the fact of the matter. And one of the things that, that you said really struck me, and that is that you might do something that it's kind of like a ritual of remembrance. And so you might take a walk to the places where you would walk your dog, let's say. And you might, you might in fact plan at a certain time you're going to do that. And if you do it alone, maybe you're going to just reminisce about the way it felt and the kinds of joy that you had experienced when you did that. If you're with a family member or a household member, maybe you're going to spend some time talking about mm-hmm. the, the kinds of gifts that this relationship with your animal companion brought into your life. Because the way I think about it, if you're totally overwhelmed with anticipation, sometimes you can say, look, I'm going to plan a ritual. Yeah, that's just And that ritual is going to be at a certain time. It's going to be for a certain amount of time. And that's the time when we're going to do most of our remembrance. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about things like maybe you light a candle. Mm -hmm. And during that time, you read a card to your beloved lost friend. You do something that really goes, in, in some ways, goes beyond words. It has an experiential. Well, the spirit, the spirit is still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you talked about before having having stockings, holiday stockings yeah. on your mantle for everybody, including your pets who are no longer in this world because they're always in your heart. They're always part of your home. They're always part of your story. Yeah, that's why this year we lost um, our Rosie in July and the year before that we lost our Hank in September. So both of their stockings are up and mm-hmm. they have ribbons around them. Mm-hmm. So they're still there. They live there for their lifetimes and they're still in our hearts. So it, it, It's so, to me, that's so important that we we never turn our backs on the memory of loved ones. That's right. And that we hold them as part of our life story. And I I feel like that's something that's very important to teach our kids that, that we don't, we don't decide that we're never going to talk about a loss because it's painful. Instead, we just know that there are things that are going to be painful in life. And we we go through we the pain. Through it. We get we we support each other through it exactly. I'm always reminded. You've probably heard me say this. I'm always reminded of Mister Rogers, the great Mister Rogers, many many statements, and one of them is, "If it's mentionable, it's manageable." And and so everything I believe should be mentionable because as soon as we can talk about it, it becomes more manageable. As soon yeah. as we can talk about it, we can teach our kids this. So if we have, if, if we've lost a family pet and we have children of any age, 
we're, we're, I think we should talk about them during the holidays and how sad it is and how much we love them and how much we miss them. And it's not going to make people feel any worse than they probably already do. It's just going to and it's going to acknowledge it and it's going to it's going to free up some of the energy that's there in in inside of us and i just feel like that's a very important thing parents are always modeling role modeling how to live how to be more mature how to go through the challenges of life and certainly the loss of a pet is a big one do you hear isabel (laughs) Yeah, here as well. I'm sorry. Next time I'll hold her. I'll hold her yeah. and her. I'll, I'll bring up Ellie. Maybe I can dive over and grab her. But she like she must be having some kind of a dream. Right. Tell you. Um, but the, you know, and for kids, I mean, I think that you're right. I mean, we need to be role models for them. Um, and they could also do some pictures or make some little ornaments. Mm. You know, if, if you're putting up a tree um, so that they're they have those to every year. I mean, and it's a really important. Great, great idea. Great idea. Yeah. So um, but the rituals and memorials are, are wonderful. And I think that that's very helpful for people. Um, yeah. Now, the other part that we wanted to go into the question is what happens when family or friends or other folks that you run into try to mean well what they say, but they don't say the right thing. And that happens quite often. Yeah. They could be, you know, um, they can, the things they say could be very hurtful. So, yeah. Like, like well, well, I mean, it could be many different things, right? Like yeah. from as base as if it's just an animal, get mm-hmm. over it already. Be jolly, be happy to things like they're in a better place yeah and things that are actually meaning to be come from a good place and what are some yeah why don't you just get another one you know hiding for your cat but you know what she's not snoring she's waiting for tim who went to get Uh some takeout (laughs) anyway sorry distracting me i'll try not to i'll try not to talk about isabel again sorry (laughs) Um, but yes, I mean, we have, I think we need to really be aware that look, I think generally people mean well, but we don't grieve well in our society anyway. We don't know how to do it. And people don't like other people's pain. Yeah. They're they're afraid of it. It makes them uncomfortable. I mean, we're not a society that embraces some of the basic facts of life and death. It's like, we're so far away from nature most of us that we can't we're not equipped the way we might have been 100 years ago right right so i again i those are the people that you want to try not to be so involved with the people that support you love you understand what's going on and sometimes it can be someone that understands you better than someone who has an animal that has died. I mean, there was a story, you know, that we had in the group and, and the person that was, that was most supported to one man that came to the group was someone who never had, never had an animal, but he really understood or tried to understand, tried to be compassionate. 
I think I remember that story. I think this is a, a neighbor whose child had drowned. Yes, that is correct. And they were, and, and so they forever were extraordinarily empathic to the yeah. impact of loss. And, and I, I also think that it's okay if you're, you know, you're in, you're in a household with a partner who, who is telling you to cheer up to, to just tell them that it's not helpful. Right. That, right. And, and to say, to say, if this were one of the relationships that meant the world to the world to you, and it was no longer there, if it was a dear, dear friend, maybe name a friend who means the world to that person, and they died, would you be saying, look, listen, just cheer up, you can get another friend. I mean, exactly. you can challenge people in a way that's very direct. And particularly people we live with, it, it is, it does make sense to to challenge them because we need to be kind to each other. We need to be That's empathic. Right. And if, if, you, if, as you said, if it's if it's somebody who is now somebody you visit with over Skype or Zoom, maybe you're not going to visit with them very much over this holiday time, and maybe you're going to limit that kind of exposure to that sort of of additional pain. It's like a whole nother layer of pain. Sometimes we have to school one another in our families or in our most intimate yeah, connections. Right, especially families and or, you know, friends. I mean, we've yeah. had situations where friends have actually um, been, you know, the, the person grieving has has lost their friend, friend not, could not be there for them. You know, yeah. um, but I think it's important to also um, say, say something like, I know you mean well. But it hurts. It still hurts what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't, I don't think people necessarily mean ill. They're not malicious. They just don't know what to say. Yeah. Yeah. And and sometimes you can even say to a person, it would help if you said, I can see that you're having a really hard time. Hard time. Is there anything I can do that would feel good or feel helpful for you? Exactly. Let me know if there is. Can I do that? Can I... Can I fix dinner for you tonight? That that sort of you know, any something that is a gift of support, or or just to sit with them quietly and not say anything, and you know, yeah, just bearing witness to another yeah. person's grieving work is about really important. We can never do because you can't make it better. No, you can't fix it. You can't fix it. You can't take it away. You can't you can't move them forward. You can't talk them out of it. No, you, you allow the feelings, which are, it is hard to be with because yeah. it's sad and they're, um, you know, despondent and they're crying and they're upset. And all you can do is sit and say, it's, it's really, it comes down to what is, what is compassion? Yeah. Well, what is compassion? Compassion is being present with another person. When they're going through a hard time, being available to them, mm -hmm. offering them gestures of support, saying to them that you can see that this is not an easy thing that they're experiencing, and not being afraid to simply be present in their company. Just to be there. While it's happening. Right. There is something extraordinarily healing about simply knowing that another person is a caring presence. And we just we need that. We we need that when we're hurting. We need it for all losses, 
The thing that makes mm-hmm. it different with animal loss is that it's a lot of people don't get it and they don't understand it mm-hmm. uh, because you have a bunch of people in you know the world that are just not animal lovers. You know they just don't. They just don't like them. You know you have another group that likes them, but you know if something happens, oh okay. You know, then, you know, we will we'll give them away or we have to move and we'll give them away or they'll get a nice home or those kind of things. I mean, they're not mean spirited. You know, they, they like animals. But then they had a group that like us who <laughs> who really connect to animals and are, you know, very, very involved. They're very involved in our lives. I mean. They, they get woven into our, the tapestry of our life, you know, because you grow up and, you know, you leave, you know, right? So you leave your parents, you leave grandparents, but animals always stay. They're with you every day. They're always there and we have to develop a kind of intuitive connection because they can't speak to us mm-hmm. in our language and we... When, when it comes toward the end of their lives, we're often having to care for them in ways that are, are extraordinarily intimate. Mm-hmm. And so the bond becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. And there's so many reasons that they are, in many people's lives, one of the most significant losses that yes. that person may experience. And of course, the holidays is a time that brings up losses. That's right. It's, it's one of those points in the year that tells us that there's been a passage of time. It's like any sort of, any sort of major big event in the year, whether it's a birthday or the change of seasons or any one of the, one of the holidays, but certainly the most significant holidays. And for most, many of us, this time of year is when they happen. Mm-hmm. We, we reflect, we take stock and, and we often are very acutely aware of our losses, even the losses that happened long ago, they become fresh. And so of course, when there's a fresh loss, you can feel it very poignantly often. One loss brings this time. Right. One loss brings them all back. Yeah. So then yeah. You're really sitting in a lot of grief. Yeah. So that comes into being gentle. You've talked yeah. about that a few times about how to take care of yourself. And it's not easy to take care of yourself when you don't feel well, you know, so. Yeah, and, and, and the way that I tend to think about it, and you can tell me if you think about it differently, is that as long as you are able to do the basics, as long as you're able to get up and, and perform the usual things that you do to keep yourself on track, like take a shower and get yourself dressed and, get your food in order and if you're doing if you're doing the care of another person or dependent or you're involved in, in child care if you can do that you know if you can if you can do the if you can do your work and maybe you took some time off from work maybe you didn't but then you're you're doing okay there's not great reason for concern if you were stuck though in a position where you absolutely could not feel even a hint of pleasure or you can't, you can't have a smile come to your face and that is unrelenting. <clears throat> That's a time when you might be thinking, you know, I actually need to talk to a professional about this. I right. need to talk about how I'm feeling with 
a counselor or a therapist, but grief can be so heavy and so difficult that if you can just move forward and, and do the basics, you're probably doing okay. I agree. Um, and it's going to ebb and flow because that's how grieving goes. So some, some people will, I mean, in the beginning it's horrendous and you feel that heaviness all the time. Um, you have a lot of different manifestations, physically, behaviorally, cognitively, we talked about that. Um, but then that all of a sudden there was a day or two, you're okay. And Mm -hmm. then it goes back. But those, those episodes get further apart and less intense as the time goes on. However, what you're saying, if you feel that badly for months, you know, that that process is not going in that direction as quickly as in those months, then they, it would be helpful to talk about it. Or it'd be helpful to go to a group, you know, some kind of grieving group, bereavement group. Absolutely. And the, the you know, when, when you say you, there'll be time when you feel better and there'll be moments, some people may hear that. We, we know that some people may hear that and feel like, oh, I'm never going to feel right. I'm never better gonna. than this. It's a, and, and that's a feature of grief as well. That when we're in the thick of it, it's hard to imagine that we'll ever emerge from it. Exactly. And so part of, part of what I feel like we need to ask people to do is to trust that if you keep going forward, you keep doing what you need to do, there's a promise that at some point it will feel lighter. The the burden of the pain will feel lighter. And if you can take that on faith, then that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And it can be very hard depending on where you are and in your own, in your own experience of the loss. And, and again, the holidays punctuate it. Yes, they do. Everybody else is maybe feeling like this is a special time and you're feeling like nothing of the sort. And that also creates a feeling worse. This is the holidays. I should be feeling better. And we have this weird kind of, you know, expectation that doesn't need to be there about that we're supposed to be the quintessential entertainer or dinner maker or gift giver or decorator. And that's kind of that's kind of what we inherited, but it doesn't have to be that way. And especially if you're grieving, I mean, I, I had a person that uh, a physical therapist, I know her grandmother, her, she, she was concerned about her mother, her mother's mother and dog just died within two weeks of one another. And I can't imagine how she's going to get through the whole, I mean, how could you do that? You know? And so, you know, it's being, you know, gentle and loving her and supporting her and the family, obviously. Um, and it doesn't matter if you don't have a big dinner and it doesn't matter if you don't put up a, a tree or it doesn't matter if you don't have a Hanukkah bush. It does, it, you know, it's really taking care of you at that time. Yeah. And, and prioritizing yes. yourself, prioritizing your, prioritizing your own needs. Yeah. Prioritizing your own comfort, all of these things are often hard for people. And they're often particularly hard for people who have been so conscientious in their care of their, of their animal friend. I mean, these are often 
very generous, very giving, very other focused mm-hmm. kinds of people. And now it's time to allow that for oneself, to allow that for oneself. So we're, we're coming to the end of, of our time. And we want to remind people that we're going to, we're going to do this again next week, six o'clock. And we're happy to hear your comments, your questions. We'll respond to topics that, that you bring up. And, and we're also thinking that there may be a need to talk more about the season, the stressors that are on us for, for because of the holidays, because of COVID-19, because of what's going on in the larger world around us in terms of politics and the struggles for, for justice. All of these things come together and make this a particularly challenging time for many, many, many people. Yeah. So I have a few uh, resources for folks online if they would like to um, go up and get some help. One is pet-loss.net. Um, one is petloss.com. One is the APLB, that's the Association of Pet Loss and Bereavement, but it's APLB.org. Um, the Grief Support Center at rainbowsbridge.com. The Grief Support Center at rainbowsbridge.com. And also the Lab of Love. So they are pet loss, companion animal loss supports. Um, some of them do have chat rooms. You can light candles. You can send in pictures, you know, and, and if you need to do that, it's absolutely fine. But That's we great. really talking more with you and answering the questions you have. Well, great. Thanks. Thanks for those resources, Nancy. Always a pleasure to see you. Maybe we'll see okay. each other face to face before too long. But we'll look forward to doing this again next week at six o'clock. And also these videos will be posted on our YouTube channel. So the Pat Loss Companion YouTube channel is where these will reside. Great seeing you and we'll look forward to doing this again. Welcome and hopefully, you know, we can, we'd be more than happy to help you through all this. Mm -hmm.